It was a very, it's very painful. I can't even explain the pain that you feel when you're rejected by your biological family. It is just painful. It's a painful experience. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 104. And I just wanted to point out that a few episodes ago, I did have an extra special episode. It was for episode 100. And it was just honoring 100 NPEs that have come on and shared their story with us. And there was a lot of effort put into that episode. I had two previous guests come on, Michelle and Richard, and they just shared some of their opinions with me. And we talked about paternity fraud and our feelings and our emotions and opinions. And it was a really good episode. And then when I published it, I somehow didn't publish it with the right date. So I noticed it had a few hundred less downloads than normal. So if you're listening today, to episode 104, I would love for you to go back to whatever podcasting app you use and, and look back for episode 100 and see if you ever listened to it because it was a really special episode for me. And with that, let's get into today's episode. My normal format is what we're going to do today. And that is where I listen to someone share their story of what has happened to them with their DNA surprise. So today I am speaking with Brandy. Hi, Brandy. Hello. Thank you for doing this with me on a, on a Sunday night. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Today I'm going to listen to your story. So you want to start at the beginning and tell me a little bit about your childhood and your background, and we can, we'll take it from there. Sure. Um, One thing I want to start off with and say is when I talk about my birth certificate father, I am going to call him dad. And then when I talk about my biological father, I'm going to call him biological father. That way there's no um, confusion. So anytime I say dad, I am talking about my birth certificate father. Anytime I say biological father, I'm talking about my biological father. So um, anyway, I, I wanted it. to start with that just so that we know who, who is <laughs> right. Right. So, so we can keep track. Thank you. Because yes. sometimes this stuff is confusing. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, I guess where I need to start is at the beginning when I was 10, um, I overheard some family members talking and the truth of the matter is I forgot that this is what prompted me to ask my mom if my dad was my dad. My mom actually, after talking to her, um, since I've found 
um, since I've found my biological family, uh, it had, it reminded me that that was the reason why I even asked her. I, or I thought for a long time that I just asked that she just came to me and told me. But since that, she kind of reminded me, remember you, you overheard family members talking about your paternity and you came to me and asked me, was your dad, you know, your dad. And so I, I kind of like, gave me a memory. I was like, Oh, okay. I do remember that kind of, it was, it was weird. But anyway, um, so when I was 10, I overheard family members talking about uh, my paternity and I, it made me go and ask my mom if my dad was my dad. I said, mom, is dad my dad? And at this point, my parents had been divorced for two years. So, and when I say divorce, they really divorced when I was nine months old, but they would, um, be off again and on again from the time I was nine months old to the time I was eight. So when I was eight, my parents separated for the last time. And so at this point, we're two years after their separation, their final separation. And so um, I go to her and I say, mom, is dad, my dad. Um, She tells me to sit down. Uh, We were on my, my grandfather's back patio. I think my mom was like sweeping or something. I, 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 it's like, I vaguely remember this. Uh, She was like working outside some uh, doing something. And she told me, go sit down on the patio table. And so I sat down at the patio table. She goes inside, she comes out. Um, I could tell she had something in her hand, but um, I didn't know what it was at the time. And so I'm like looking at her really weird, like what is going on, you know? And so she says to me that, Um, when she was 17, she went on family vacation, met somebody, um, and then, um, spent about two or three days with them and then came home, um, not knowing that she was pregnant. So at that time she was dating my dad and, um, came home started school that year. Cause this was the summer between her junior year and her senior year of high school. Um, so she started school and about five weeks after she started school, found out she was pregnant and, uh, dropped out of school. She said that, and it was like a matter of like a, a week. She said it was like from, she found out she was pregnant and like a week later, her and my dad are getting married. And so it just, it was something that happened really quick for her. She said that she, in her mind, she knew that there was a possibility, but somehow in her 17 year old brain, I think she just kind of um, put it off and just, you know, kind of wrote it off like, no, there's no way, you know? And so um, when I was about two, she says she's, um, looking through pictures and um, comes across a picture of the man she met on vacation. And she said that it was like, she could not like, she, she said she couldn't deny it at that point. She said she was so stunned by the resemblance between me and this man she met on vacation that she kind of knew at that point, she was like, I knew it. Like, I just, I, I looked at you. I looked at the picture and thought to myself, Oh no, what has happened? And so, um, at, at this point I'm, I'm 10, she's telling me this story and she hands me this picture. And so I've had a picture of my biological father since I was 10. When I was 10, it was 1990. So we didn't have DNA tests or any way to find out who you're related to. And so, um, and, and by the time I was 10, she did not know his name, did not know 
where he was from. She told me that she thought she remembered he was down in this town working, but wasn't sure. Like she was like, I really think he was from out of town. I kind of remember that. And I remember he was working. He told me he was 19. He was a a American Indian. Um, And so all these things, I had some information, but nothing that would tell me who he was. At that point, she, um, we kind of go on about life. She also told me at that time when I was 10, when she told me this, she did tell me that when I was eight, um, that she had told my father, told my dad. Okay. And so my dad knew at this point and there was a time in my, it makes a lot of sense now that I'm an adult. Um, when I was a kid, I don't think I understood so much, but, um, it makes a lot of sense now that I'm an adult. But when I was at that age, uh, at about eight, when my parents separated for the last time, I didn't see my dad a whole lot. He didn't come around. If I saw him, I would see him at my grandparents' house. So at his parents' house. Um, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. My grandparents helped my parents a whole lot care for me. I have an uncle that's the same age as me. And so um, we grew up like, I mean, we were best friends. We grew up like siblings almost, you know, just I spent a lot of time at their house. And so I would go over there to spend the night or, you know, spend the weekend with them or whatever. And um, he, he may come over there while I was there. So I'd get to see him then. But he didn't come and pick me up. He didn't spend a whole lot of time with me. And and another thing that I need to add is um, in my parents' um, rocky relationship, uh, my my sister was born. And so I have a sister that's five years younger than me. So it's me and my sister and me and my sister and my mom, when my parents split up for the last time, me, my sister, and my mom went and lived with my grandfather, my mom's mom, my mom's father. And my grandparents, my, my mom's parents, my mom's father, because at that point, my grandmother had passed away. So my mom's dad and my dad's parents, both of them, they're, they're actually still living, um, but they lived within walking distance of one another. It was about a five to 10 minute walk down a creek. And we would go through the creek and get to the other parents, um, my other grandparents' house. So we lived in very close proximity to one another. It was a very close, like, neighbor, like, um, vicinity. It, it, it's funny. It's weird to me now that I'm an adult to think that I was that close to my grandparents. And I went over there a whole lot, but I didn't see my dad at that time a whole lot. Um, now it makes a lot of sense because I, the, the one thing that I, will, I do remember is I was at my grandparents' house one night. And I remember I was asleep. My dad walked in and I remember when he walked in, I hadn't seen him in a long time. And he kind of opened the door and I saw, you know, it was dark and I saw his silhouette and he came in the room and I, you know, I kind of like dad and he comes in the room and um, sits down on the bed with me and he just cried. He was crying. And I, even as a, I guess I had been younger than 10 because it was before I knew. And so Um, I remember as a kid knowing he was crying and I I was just, I was crying. He was crying. It was a very emotional like experience for us. And he just hugged me and he didn't ever even say a word to me really. He just, I love you, you know, but when that happened at the time, I just thought, Oh, my dad misses me. But, but then he would never come and see me, you know? And so now I realize it was just him probably mourning um, that connection that he thought he had, you know? Mm -hmm. And so another thing that my mom told me 
is that when he, when she went to tell him that I was not his, he said, he thought she was talking about my little sister mm-hmm. and he didn't seem surprised. And she was like, no, I'm not talking about Savannah. I'm talking about Brandy. And she said that it just like, she said the life like went out of his face. Like he, he just, she said she could tell that it affected him in such a big way when she told him that. So I, I think that he expected that, like he, he thought that about Savannah, but I think it was completely like, it was a complete surprise for me. So, and when I say that, I just mean because my parents had a very rocky relationship, they were on again and off again. And so I think that they were more stable when I was conceived than when I was, you know, than when my sister was. And so my mom at that point told him, no, Savannah is yours. I'm talking about Brandy. And so, um, she told me that it, she could tell it really affected him when she told him. And she said that she was glad that she got it off her chest and that she had been honest with him, but she said it made her feel extremely guilty, uh, because of the pain that it caused him. So I kind of feel like I have to add all that in because of decisions I made later on so that everybody understands why I made the decisions I made. A few years after my mom handed me that picture of the man who she said was my biological father, my, um, I I was going through pictures and I came across another picture and I could, I knew it was the same person. So I grabbed that picture out of the pictures and I put my picture that my mom gave me when I was 10 and then this picture together. And I've just always kind of kept them together. That's, you know, that's like my little keepsake of my biological father. And so, um, as I got older, I, I did kind of wonder, but I, I didn't feel like I just, I, I really just didn't feel like I had options to know who it was. And it had always bothered me. My dad is, um, a drug addict. And so, um, I, I didn't have, I didn't, ha- I had less of a dad, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, I yes. love, I love him and he is such at his core is such a wonderful person, but drugs, when somebody, um, is a drug addict, it just kind of takes over their life. It, it kind of, it, they're more of a drug addict than they are who they really are, if that makes any sense. And so growing up, didn't really have a very stable dad, dad. And so um, I always felt kind of like I missed out, you know, like be- because of that. So when I was about, uh, when I was 12, my mom started seeing my, my, who would become my stepdad and my stepdad kind of stepped in as a, just, he was just really a good guy and he did a lot and he passed away in 2018. But from the time that my mom started really by the time my mom married him to the time he passed away in 2018. He has really served more as my dad, you know, more of, of a father figure, I guess is what you could say. And so, um, I guess my point in all that is that because I, because I felt like I kind of missed out, it always kind of spurred, spurred that, that longing to know, you know, what, who am I, where do I come from? You know, am I his, am I not? Because um, the truth is my mom didn't know you know, in her mind, she felt like I looked like the guy in my, in the picture, but she really didn't know. And so, um, it was just something that always, I kind of always wanted to find out. So when I was 
you know, when Ancestry and all those um, DNA sites came about, I really started getting interested. Like I could find out, but I think part of me didn't want to know. Like I was like, do I really want to know? You know? And so um, I, I think I kind of like um, hesitated a little bit. And there were other aspects, you know, I mean, I had, I, I started, I got married when I was 19. I had my first baby when I was 20. And so from the time I was, I was old enough to be an adult, you know, that by the time I was an adult, I had children. And so raising kids and, and taking care of them, uh, kind of took priority and finding out if my biological father is my dad, or if my biological father is some man, my mom met on vacation, just kind of went to the wayside. So anyway, as my kids got older and I kind of became more, I guess, you know, they became more independent. Um, I started really getting interested in it. My, um, oldest daughter who is, she's a senior in college now, but when she was, um, when she was about 16, she kind of got curious about her ancestry. And so she actually did her ancestry, um, test first and got her, her results back. And when she got her results back, she had some American Indian, which was not there. It wasn't a surprise to us, you know, because, because I had, because my biological father was, you know, this man, my mom met on vacation. She told me he was American Indian, that kind of thing. And so anyway, when, um, I was, it was probably about 2018 or 2000, no, it was 2017 because it was before my, my stepfather passed away, but my mom bought me and my sister, my heritage kits for Christmas. And so we, I was so excited. I was just like, oh my goodness. Because when I would look at my daughter's stuff, you know, it's, it's a lot different than looking at your own stuff. When you're looking at your daughter, when I'm looking at my daughter's stuff, because she gave me full access, mom, you can look at it. I don't mind, you know? So when she did hers, looking at her stuff, it was really hard for me to even decipher who was related to her and who was related to, you know, who was related to my husband and who was related to her because neither one of us had tested. And other than what one thing I do have to add, because it kind of adds layers onto my story and, and some of the reasons why I made choices that I made in the long run, but my husband is black. And so, um, when, I could clearly see when she was related to somebody who was black, I could clearly see that, Oh, okay. She, that's probably his side. But other than that, I didn't know who was who, you know, like I, mm -hmm. I, it just was really hard to, uh, to um, really figure out with somebody else's DNA and not my own. Yeah. So my, so my mom buys me this kit. She buys my, um, she buys she buys my sister and I both kits and we are so excited and we send our kits off and we send our kits off at the same time. And I get my results back. I'm super excited. I call her. I'm like, did you get your result results back? And she's like, no, why? I said, I got my mine back. And she was like, really? I said, yeah. And she goes, so what did they say? I said, I, I don't have one drip drop of American Indian blood. And she was like, what? I said, yeah, I'm like all European. And she was like, that doesn't make any sense. And at that point, I still didn't really know what I was <laughs> looking at because I didn't know even what DNA, how DNA worked, you know? And so um, the next day she calls me and she's just like sobbing. And I'm like, what is going on? My sister is not a crier. <laughs> you know, I'm the crier. And so 
I was like, is everything okay? Like I, she sounded like she was just distraught. And I said, what is going on? And she was just like, we're half siblings. And I'm like, I'm like, we knew that, (laughs) you know, like, I'm like, what is she upset about? Mm-hmm. And because the night before we were like joking around, like, what if, cause when I didn't have any American Indian blood, I kind of started thinking, well, maybe I, I am my dad's, you know? And she said, um, sh- so she calls me. So we were joking around, like, what if we're both dads? That would be so funny. And this whole time we thought we were half siblings. Cause we would, you know, over the years, we'd always talk it. My sister is five years younger than me, but people would think we were twins. Like people would come up to us like, are y'all twins? And we'd be like, no, I'm, I would be like, no, she's five. She's 12. I'm 17. You know? And so it would kind of make me upset sometimes like, no, we're not twins. She's younger than me. So anyway, um, so she called me and she's crying and she's saying we're half siblings. And I'm like, I, we knew that. And she goes, I'm not dads. And I'm like, what? She goes, Brandy, I'm half Mexican. And I'm like, what in the world? I was just, we were just, I was, I was shocked. And for one thing I will, one thing I will say is my sister looks, she, to me, looks like my dad's family. So that's why I was so shocked. I was just for sure. Like I was for sure she was his. And another thing is what's really funny is my sister this is what's really funny. And I, I hear this on these, on the MPE stories. And when I say MPE stories, not just your show, but you know, anytime I'm hearing somebody talk about it, I hear this a lot, but I think it's funny when it happens. And especially when you know the story pretty intimately, but my sister didn't, she never could relate to my dad or his family. I remember as a small child, she'd be like, I'm not going <laughs> She would say, I'm not going over there. My grandmother was really like a really like tough woman. And so she'd say, I'm not going over there. <laughs> and so I, I find it funny now that we're adults and we found all this information out that my, I, I find not funny, but you know, I just find it like curious. Like it's so weird how she never connected with them in that way. Like she just never could connect with them. And so anyway, it was, it's not surprising when you think about all those things. And so my sister at that point goes on this journey to find her biological father, because at this point we had no idea who either one of our biological fathers were. And so, and my mom could not remember, like, she was like, I don't, you know, my mom lived a very, my mom and dad lived a very wild lifestyle when I was, when we were kids. And when my sister was conceived, it was extremely wild. I mean, it was just a lot of, you know, going out and, you know, that kind of party lifestyle is what they lived. And so uh, my mom couldn't remember when my mom, my mom was, my mom was even surprised. Like she was like, I, I'm really surprised. I really thought he was your dad, you know? And so, um, so my sister goes on this journey to find her biological father, finds him. But what she did was when she found out, when she got this, these results back, she immediately got an ancestry test. And when she got the ancestry test results back, she had an uncle on that, on her matches right away. So it, it, hers was very simple. So at this point she calls me and she's like, you've got to get an ancestry test. I think you're going to find more answers. So I go and get, or she actually sends me an ancestry. You're taking it. You know, she's like, I'm sure taking an ancestry test. And so 
Um, and, and all the while, I really am kind of like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Like, I, I was kind of putting my feet in the sand, like, do I really want to know? I don't know if I really want to know. And so um, she gets me the ancestry test. I send it off, of course, get the results. Um, I don't have any really close matches. I, it definitely wasn't like hers. Like, oh, yeah, she knows exactly who her family is now that, she, you know, because she found an uncle, you know, wasn't anything like that. I had some kind of distant cousins, of course. And then I had... Um, I had uh, a second cousin. And so I get on, I get on ancestry. And at this point, this is the part where I needed to tell y'all about uh, the reason why I I, I was, I I mentioned about uh, my dad and, and, and the way, you know, he acted when he was told. And another thing I need to say is when my mother told my dad, my mother also went to my grandparents and told them. So my grandparents know, my dad knows, and I've never had any conversation with either one of them about it. And so um, originally I did, because I didn't know if he was my dad or not, I did not want to go on Ancestry and just ask people like, do you know who my dad is? You know, like, I don't want to be going around Ancestry telling people I don't know who my dad is. Because I felt like I didn't want to embarrass my grandma. Like, what if I was related to him and I'm going around the internet asking people who my biological father is or, you know, asking people to help me. And then it's her relatives, you know. And so I kind of made the choice to be as discreet as I could about the whole situation. And I think in the long run, it kind of hurt me because I was asking the wrong questions. Like, I would go on Ancestry and ask, if they knew my, if they knew any family members that were in my grandparents' name, surnames, you know, like, did they know those surnames? Yeah. Well, I wasn't in that family, so nobody would have known that. And so I just kept getting no's, no, no, I don't know that name. And my grandmother, that, that was another thing that I need to, I need to say. So my grandmother is a hundred percent Czechoslovakian. Both of her parents were Czechoslovakian. And so I had zero Eastern European um, DNA. So that was another thing like, but, but when you're going through it, you just kind of rationalize it all. Like, you're just like, well, maybe this, or maybe that, you know, I'm like, what if somebody was adopted? What if somebody, you know, you just, what was so the, at one point I was like, what if somebody was switched at birth? Maybe my grandmother was switched at birth. You know, mm-hmm. just, you just go through all these rational rationales trying to, make your story fit what you want it to, you know? And so at a certain point, my sister was just like, Brandy, he's not your dad. Like, he's not, I'm sorry. You're going to have to figure out, you're going to have to figure out who your biological father is. He's definitely not your dad. You would have, you would have already found, I mean, she was just like, you would already found matches. You would already found somebody that was linked. And at one point I used um, that true lines on ancestry. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but no. The true, the true lines kind of put, sit me on a different, like on a, the wrong path too, for some reason, because when I would put in there, you put in there, like who the, the, you put in there, the, um, surnames that you're looking for. And it linked me to people. And so, but it links you to people that you're not related to. Well, I didn't know that. I just thought, oh my mm. gosh, these people are popping up on my true lines. I must be related to them. Yep. So it kind of sent me in the wrong direction. I have noticed that Ancestors are not doing true lines anymore. I haven't seen them. Maybe I broke it or something. But anyway, or <laughs> I broke my true lines. Anyway, so when when I finally figured all of that out, which was like two years after I got on Ancestry, 
um, I realized like, okay, I'm going to have to start looking at a different, um, a different place. So the thing is, when I was reaching out to people on Ancestry, there are people who will reach back out to you. And then there's some people that won't. So I started going to the people that I had already reached out to that reached out to me, reached back out to me and try to help me, you know, because I, I figured if they helped me once, they'd help me again. So I reached out to one of the cousins and I just said, can you tell me what side of the tree I'm matching up on? And I asked that question. I did not say anything else. I didn't mention anything else. And she comes back. She goes, do you know who your biological father is? So I was like, um, (laughs) I I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to tell her. I struggled with it though, because I thought, what if she's related to my grandma and she, you know, you know, all those thoughts that you have. So I went and, um, uh, she, I I just went and told her the whole story. You know, there's two possibilities. I'm kind of wondering if there's three because the man that my mom told me is, and and meanwhile, I'm just going to tell you this. I went to my mom several times and just said, mom, is there any other possibility? Like, this is not making sense to me. My mom's like, no, I'm telling you there's two possibilities. And my mom, when I was, when around the time I was 10, my mom went through like this spiritual awakening and my mom has always been a pretty honest person, even as wild of a lifestyle as she, she lived. But at that point in my life, she went through this like super spiritual awakening where I, I believe that's what actually prompted her to just tell me the truth. I think she didn't feel like she had a choice to lie about it anymore because of her spiritual life and how she had really come um, she had really started seeking God and, and things like that. And so, um, my point in telling you that is my mom is a very honest person. I really felt mm-hmm. like at the time when I was asking her these questions, I felt like she'd be honest with me if she knew, you know, mm-hmm. but in the back mm-hmm. of my mind, I kept thinking, what if she's forgotten? What, you know, I mean, she had already admitted to me that the reason why she didn't know any details about my biological father is because she, when she, She said when it all happened, she put him like she put him away. Like she was like, I completely just I was so ashamed of what I had done. I was so ashamed that I could have gotten, you know, that maybe I was pregnant by him that I just just put everything away. And so um, I was thinking to myself, is that's what it that is that what's going on here? And so when I sent her name is Karen. And when I sent Karen this message, I just said, you know, she came back and said, do you know who your biological father is? I told her the whole story and she, and I explained to her, it's either my dad or this, this American Indian man, but I don't have any American Indian blood. So it's not making any sense. And so she came back and told me that her family actually all thought they were American Indian because they all look that way until, um, they got their ancestry, uh, uh-huh. tests and none of them are American Indian. And so then it was kind of like, okay, well, that's kind of, and, and then it was, it's funny because I showed my husband the picture and I'm like, you know, we're, I'm, I've, this has been like year after year, you know, I pull the picture out every now and then I talk about it, you know, and then I put it back and anyway, I'm telling him about it and he's like, let me see the picture. (laughs) And I show him the picture. He's like, he kind of looks like Elvis to me. He really might not be American Indian. And I was like, I never even thought about like, it was just, you know, he kind of gave me after Karen told me what she told me. And then my husband said what he said, I'm like, well, maybe I'm just looking in the wrong spot. You know, maybe I'm looking for the wrong thing. So anyway, around the same time I reach there, a a second cousin pops up and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this could be my, um, this could be my 
my biological father's first cousin, you know, because usually when, when you have a first cousin, when, you know, to your kids, they're going to be your second cousin. And my mom's family, a lot of them had tested. So I had kind of that to compare to my mom's first cousins were my second cousins. So that's kind of the way I was gauging things. And, and another thing I was going to say is there was a second cousin when I first got on Ancestry, but when I reached out to him, they couldn't help me because he was going through medical issues. I think he had like, he, she, she said the wife that was managing his account said he had some memory issues. And so I think maybe he was just going through like some things. Anyway, um, that's really beside the point. I was just adding that in because I did mention earlier that I did have a second cousin, but she, they could not help me. And, and she didn't know anything. She was like, I, I don't know anything. I, what you see on his family tree, that's what I know. And it was no names that I knew. So the second cousin pops up. I sent him a message. He never responds. And then I reach back out to another cousin that I'd already reached out to. His account was managed by somebody else at this point. And I send them a message asking them what side of the tree I match up on, thinking that with Karen's information, because Karen did tell me what side of the tree I matched up on. So I, with, with that information and with, um, asking, um, the other cousin, I was thinking maybe I would find some more information. And because at this point I had kind of researched how to do it. And that was one thing I was going to say, like, I did try to trace things, but I, I really didn't know what I was doing. It's, it's a very difficult task. Yes. <laughs> so um, I reached back out to the, or I reached out to this cousin and the person who's managing a, his account um, came back and told, asked me, I asked a very vague question again. She comes back and she says, do you know who your biological father is? And I'm like, what, why does everybody keep asking me this question? Like I'm asking a very vague question. And so um, I just tell her the whole story and she comes back and she says, I really think I could help you. She said, I had to find my biological father the same way. And um, I really think I'll be able to help you. She had already, she was managing this other, my cousin, this cousin's account because he was having a heart. He had like hit some brick walls in his tree. And she was one of, she was, you know, one of those DNA um, tracer tracers or Mm -hmm. uh, that could go in there. Anyway, she told me that she had already like extensively researched this side of the tree. And so um, the next, she said, I'm going to reach out to you tomorrow and I'll, I'll get your information and I'll, um, I'll, um, help you. So I said, okay. And so the next morning she emails me and she said, and this was January of this year. Um, she emails me, she said, this is what I need. And it was weird information. Like she needed to get into my ancestry and be like a manager on my ancestry. And it was kind of like, Oh, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't know if I feel comfortable but at that point, I really just needed to know, you know, I, I was like, you know what, I, I've hit a dead end everywhere else. So what is it going to hurt to let somebody manage your account? And she explained to me, you can always take my, you know, you can take my um, stuff away if you need to, if it makes you feel more comfortable after this, you know, you don't have to keep me as a manager or anything like that. So Anyway, I gave her my information at 930 and by 345, she was sending me a picture, picture of my biological grandmother. And so the second cousin that popped up that never responded to me was actually a half first cousin. His father and my father would be half siblings. And that's how she ended up linking me to the people she linked me to because 
my biological grandmother had had children by two different men and so she was married and then she uh divorced and remarried and had she married and had two boys and then remarried and had two more boys and her second set of boys one of them had to be my biological father because um I was related to her and her second husband. And so it was really neat the way she linked it all together. And she explained to me that the cousin that I, you know, the second cousin that I reached out to was actually not my biological father's cousin. He was my cousin. He was my first cousin. He was just my biological father's half brother. And so at that point we had kind of like this where she was explaining to me that I could be one of two um, the child of one or two, one of, one of two children. And that one of the boys would have been 16 and one of the boys would have been 19. So um, at that point I was kind of focused on the 19 year old because um, my mom had told me that the man she met was 19. And so once I started seeing, I, I started, uh, she could only find the Facebook of the a man that would have been 16. And so she sends me a picture of him and it was really weird because he looked familiar. But then when I found the 19 year old, he, him and I kind of resembled as well. Like I was like, I kind of look like him. And I did not think the, either one of them were the man was the man in my picture. So I thought this was a third person. And so, but the more and more I started looking at my picture and the guy who would have been 16 at the time um, when I was looking at his adult picture and looking at my picture, uh, the Polaroid picture that my mom gave me when I was 10, I started saying, wow, they have kind of the same features. This is the same nose. This is, And I really think because in my picture that I had from when I was 10, he looks, he looks extremely dark complected, which is why I never questioned the fact of his uh, nationality. I just always assumed, okay, he probably is American Indian, you know, but then when you look at his picture now, he's clearly not, and he's clearly not dark skinned. So I think I just had, I just think he was standing in a dark spot. He had a tan and it just made him look even dark, darker. And so I, I told my, the lady who helped me, her name is Terry. And I told Terry, I said, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't even know how to approach this. How do you tell somebody that you may be my father? <laughs> and so she told me that at, uh, I, I explained to her that I had a picture because at this point I hadn't even told Terry that I had, I possibly had a picture of him because I really did not think it was the same person. So I told her, I said, you know, I've been looking at this picture that I got when I was 10. My mom gave me when I was 10 and I, I'm starting to think it's the same person. She goes, well, send it to me. She, I send it to her. She's like, uh, that really does look like it could be the same person. They, they really do look a lot alike. And so she told me that they, the two boys had a sister who was really active on Facebook. And that if I reached out to her, she would at least be able to tell me if the man in my picture is somebody she recognizes. So we send the picture. I didn't have a Facebook at the time. So I had my sister do it. I deactivated my Facebook in 2014. And so... Um, she, which is another thing that kind of made my journey a little harder because on Facebook, there's all those support groups and stuff mm -hmm. and people, people explaining things to you where my sister had to learn all of that from 
her journey and then come and tell me. So anyway, um, my sister reaches out to the sister and says, I'm working on a family tree. Do you know who this is? And she said, that's my brother and names the 16 year old, the guy who would have been 16 at the time. Mm. And so I was just like, I just kept looking like, I cannot believe this was 16 year old, you know? And so my sister says, well, what do you want me to do? I said, well, send it to him because I don't know her. Like maybe he looks like her brother, you know? I mean, I, and at the time I still didn't, I, I, it's not that I didn't trust Terry. It was just, I was so new to all of it. I was still kind of questioning, like, how does she know this? Like, how did she figure this out? You know? And so she goes and she sends it to him and says, do you, you know, I'm working on a family tree. Do you know who this is? He comes back and he says, that's me. Who are you? Like, what are you doing? And, uh, after a few, you know, comments back and forth or messages back and forth, he, he blocked my sister and stopped talking to her. So it was like, um, which, which is another thing that I kind of want to talk, talk about, um, is it's when you do this kind of communication through a third party and there is rejection, it's kind of hard to get closure when somebody else is rejected for you. And so I I would really, I think I would probably encourage people to reach out themselves because I feel like, anyway, I'm going to go on with my story. I just, that was one thing. That's one thing that I just feel like, I feel like being, if I were, if I had been, I think if I had been rejected, if I had reached out and been rejected, I think it would have given me a little bit more closure than her reaching out and being rejected. And then it being like third party rejection, I guess is what you could say. Plus my sister, when she reached out to her biological family, um, they weren't, they weren't, they didn't reject her, but her biological father didn't want to have anything to do with her. So then I felt guilty because I'm having my sister also experience my rejection. And so it was just like this whole Mm. thing. It was just a really hard. it, It was, it was very hard. And it, and, and it, is one of those lessons you don't learn until it happens. And so Hmm. I think I just want people to understand that when that happens, you don't really get the closure you want. I really, at that point, I was emotionally distraught. And so I, I, it was, that was part of some of the hardest things. Some of the hardest time for me was at the very beginning of all this because of the rejection I was feeling, you know, my biological father was saying he didn't know my mom, that he had never met my mom. And we had a picture of him and my mom sitting together. So my mom, my sister was like, I get that you're saying that you don't know her. You wouldn't probably because you didn't spend very much time with her, but that's you and that's her. So we know y'all met, you know, like we know that y'all been by each other anyway. So, and, and I was trying to, I wanted them to understand that, there's no way I have a picture of you from when you were 16 that I was told you were my biological father. And then I don't know what 30 years later or whatever it is, somebody's linking you to my, to me. That's not a coincidence. I mean, you got, but, but I'm sure he was in shock. So, so for five weeks, I just kind of sat there like, what do I, how do I do that? I want them to understand that I'm here. Like, I found them. I was so excited that I found them because when you don't have anything and then you finally find it, you just want 
some type of connection. I didn't even, I don't need a father, you know, I'm 40 years old. You know, I, I was 40 at the time. And so I was like, I don't need a father. Like I'm not looking for a father figure. I just really want connection. I want to be, I want to know what these people are like, who I come from, you know? And so for about five weeks, I just kind of sat on it and I was, I would talk to my husband about it back and forth. And, uh, I told him one day I got up and I said, I think I'm going to reach out to his brother because so at the very beginning, when I first found Dave, my biological father, I got this, the email address to his sister. And so I sent her an email and I just explained to her that I'm here. I exist. I really think that he is my biological father. And if he has children, they are going to find out I exist if they ever do any DNA tests. I mean, at this point I was on all like three of the major sites. I had already uploaded my DNA into the family tree. I'd already uh, updated my um, DNA into um, the Jed match. And so I knew and I'd already reached out to my first cousin. And so um, she comes back and she just explains to me that he's in very poor health. He can't handle, um, he can't handle the stress that this is bringing on. And just, you know, she, she really puts it on thick about how he's sick, but she did tell me at that point, she wanted to talk to me on the phone, but because of all the emotional stress I was going through. I couldn't even talk on the phone at that point. I think I cried for like five days straight or something crazy like that. Just, you know, every day I would wake up just sobbing. It was just like, it was the most devastating. I lost my stepdad in 2018 and it was a very painful experience. This was painful. This was, it was a lot of pain. I, I don't want to say it's more painful than losing my stepdad, but it was up there. Like it was a very, it's very painful. I can't even explain the pain that you feel when you're rejected by your biological family. It is just painful. It's a painful experience. And so um, she wanted to have a phone call. I really wasn't ready to talk on the phone because I was so emotional. Um, The truth of the matter is I was, happy that she wanted to connect because I felt a little bit, it made me feel a little bit better. But then when I connected with her, she told me she'd take a DNA test. I bought the DNA test, expedited it to her house. Then like when all, all the shipping information came out, I text texted her the shipping information. And then she tells me she's moving the next day and can't get the test. So it was just like another blow. It was like, Okay. Just one more person that you can't depend. I I don't know. Just to me, it was just like independent. I don't know. Unstable. I don't know. I think something was really going on in her personal life. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was just frustrating because I finally had gotten to these people. Somebody was going to take a DNA test and then she couldn't. So I was just at that point, I was like, you know what? I've got to take a break. Like I cannot think about this every day. But the problem is I took a break from it, but I really didn't take a break from it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you take a break from reaching out to people because you don't want to be rejected anymore. But then it's like you just have to sit in your feelings and you have mm-hmm. to, I, I, I'll just say this. I have two notebooks and I wrote a, 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 one notebook is completely full. The other one's like half full. That's what I did at that time. Just wrote and wrote and wrote, just wrote everything down. I mean, every, you know, any kind of feeling I was having, I'd open my notebook and just start writing. And so 
Um, that, it did get me back to that because I had always been a writer. I, not when I say a writer, I don't mean like I'm a writer. I just mean I'd always written, you know, yeah. journaled. Yeah. And so yeah. it got me back journaling, which was, was great. That, that really did help. But anyway, so I do recommend that too. Like if you're just having bad times, just write, 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 write everything. Just even if it's the stupidest thing you can think of, you know, just write it down. I just wrote everything, everything I was thinking. And, you know, I'd get mad when I would write. I would get sad when I'd write, you know. Anyway, um, so I would recommend writing for sure. So I sat on it for like five weeks. Like, what do I do? So one day I I get this idea. I'm going to send his brother. Because at this point, Terry had explained to me that you really don't want the sister to test. Like, she's like, you really don't want the sister to test. Because even if you test with the sister, she's still got two brothers, She's going to be your aunt, but then it's just like two brothers. Like you're not going to get a DNA link to them, to either one of them. You're going to be linked to both of them, you know, that way. She said, you really want one of the brothers to test and you, or you want one of their children to test because you will be linked to one of them. If you're linked as a cousin to one, you know, the other one's your dad, you know, your biological father. And so, um, I had decided because she, the sister told me that he was just not in good health. So I told my husband, I said, I'm going to write the brother an email. Uh, uh, I decided I was going to reactivate my Facebook account, go directly as me so that it's me doing it and I get the rejection. And so I go on there, I write the, uh, when my, when I go to my husband and tell him this, he goes, okay, I understand what you're saying. And I think it's a good idea, but I think you need to send him a message as well so that it doesn't look like you're trying to go around him. Just explain to him that we will pay for anybody a test. Anybody that needs a test, we will pay for it so that we can get the answers that you need. So I tell, I send him a message. I send his wife a message. And then I send my biological father a message, the uncle, his wife, because I didn't want the wife to think, you know what I mean? Like, I just wanted the, I know these people don't know me. You know, I just wanted everybody. I wanted to be like clear to everybody. Like this is, I'm here. This is me. I don't know if you know, have heard yet, you know? And so I send all three of them a message and nobody responds to me. And so I was like, and I sent it on a Friday thinking, okay, that'll give them a whole week. You know, like I work Monday through Friday. So for me, it was like, I was trying to give myself the weekend to kind of deal with it so that by Monday I'm back at work. I don't have, you know, I might have to answer an email or something, but I won't be like in the depth of people asking me a bunch of questions. So nobody responded, but I also never went and asked my biological father to be a friend. And apparently that makes a difference. Like apparently on Facebook, if you don't ask somebody to be your friend. um, So that's another kind of tip. Like if you're going to talk to somebody on social media, you need to ask them to be a friend because if not, they don't get your message. It goes into some spam folder or something, which I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I actually did know that my sister did tell, explain that to me, but I didn't like, it, I, I had gone and done the sister and the brother-in-law and then went and did his. And I didn't ask him to be my friend, but I did ask them. So it was like, I didn't really understand the importance of it, I guess is what I will say. Like I didn't get the importance of it. So it never, it wasn't something that I was, it was important to me. I, I was just trying to get the message out there. Yeah. So none of them responded to me. And so on Wednesday, I decided I was going to reach out to, at this point, I found out that my biological father had two sons and a daughter. 
One of his sons was adopted. He was the uh, the son of his wife. Um, so my biological father has two children that are biologically his, and the and and the their mom had a son before he was married to her. So I had I had two siblings that would have been biologically related to me that could help. So I reached out to both of them. I sent them the exact same message. I just changed their names on them. Um, I explained everything. It was a very long message explaining my whole life story, explaining to them that I'm a mom and that I'm, you know, me and my husband have been married for 20 years, you know, and we have three children. We've lived in the same community. I'm not some person that's out here just trying to scam people. Like I'm a real person. And, you know, I just told them in my letter that if you knew me, you would know this is like the hardest thing I've ever done. I've, reaching out to people and putting myself out there and risking rejection is like the hardest thing that people that I've ever done. So I just explained to them everything in my uh, letter and about, it was probably, I'm going to say five or 10 minutes after, um, after um, she got the letter or the message on Facebook, she called me my biological sister so I got to talk to her for the first time. It was like uh, February 10th, the 10th. And so, uh, no, it was, anyway, that that's really, it was five weeks after I found him. And so it, I don't, I don't remember ex- exactly March 10th. That's what it was. Okay. So on March 10th was the first time I um, got to talk to my biological sister Um, She reached out, she reached back out to me. She called me and she explained to me that, um, that the man, that the man in the picture that I sent is her dad and that she will do whatever it takes to help me. She does not mind helping. And so, uh, but um, she really needed to, at, at one point she was like, I'll take the test. But then the next day she called me and she goes, look, I really need to talk to my family before I do all this. I don't know what kind of can of worms I'm opening and I need to talk to everybody before I just go and do this. And I said, I understand, you know, at that point I'd waited so long. It was just like, shoot, a couple more weeks is no big deal. And so um, she talked to him. She read him my letter that I sent, sent her. And that afternoon he actually called me. So um, from that point on, that was March of this year. Um, we have me and my sister have stayed in contact. We have we message each other, call each other a lot. Um, my biological father, his wife doesn't want him, did not want him biologically connected to another child, um, and so uh, can't, uh, my sister is the one that ended up having to. Um, she's the one that ended up having to take the test for me, but she did take the test. We are sisters. We are half siblings. So um, I know who my biological <laughs> father is after the, oh. after 30 years. So it's been, it's, it's been a journey. It, you know, the, the one thing that I just say through all this is um, it is so as ironic or as, I don't know if that's ironic, but it, it as, crazy as it sounds, or I guess as bad as the MPE experience is, you know, I didn't have anything to call it for 30 years. 
So to just be Mm -hmm. able to label myself (laughs) as an MPE has been healing. Um, To know that there's a community of people, because again, for 30 years, I have sat here thinking I'm the only one on earth with a story like mine. I literally, when I found my biological father, I thought my story was so different and so like unique. I was like, I've got to get this out. Like people have to know about this. And then as I researched (laughs) and figured out that there are a very lot of people like this, (laughs) I realized like as, as much as my story means to me, it's still not, it's not this crazy story that nobody goes through. Like this is so common which is also refreshing in a way because it's like, I do, I'm not alone. I felt so alone for so long, for so many years, thinking I was the only one like this that had a story like this, that didn't know who their biological father is that, you know, you, that has this crazy, that had this crazy childhood that, you know, all these things. And, and to find out that there were other people like me and to have a, a, a story you know, when I first found your podcast, I been binge listened. Like I, I listened to it probably from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep because it was just, I could relate to every story in some way. Mm-hmm. And before this, I, a lot of what I would relate to is adoptees. You know, I would listen to a lot of adopt. I yes. really would listen to a lot of adoption stories because to me, that's where I related. Mm-hmm. But to find out that there are people that have, you know, that aren't necessarily adopted, but they still are still out in the world trying to find who they are, um, that don't know. And and that kind of thing just made me feel, I just felt like these are my people. I tell people the same way I felt when I found my biological family is the same way I felt when I found the MPE community, because it was just like my people, like these are people who understand, I could say things And, or I would hear somebody say it in a way that I had never thought about, but that I had always felt, I, I, I have a hard time expressing my feelings. So for somebody to say it in words and for me to understand exactly that hurt, the pain or, or even the joy in finding them or whatever it is that you, you know, knowing where you come from, knowing what your last name would have been, um, finding people that look like you, just all those feelings that you have when you go through this, when you go through these experiences and feeling, uh, feeling like you belong, especially when you felt like you didn't belong for so long, Mm -hmm. just has been such a, like such, it's been so healing for me. I feel, and, and again, everything in my story was not peaches. I didn't, you know, I don't ever see having a really close relationship with my biological father. He's not real close with his own children. So I don't see, and, and because he's married to a woman, that's just not real comfortable. And and it doesn't mean she's not always going to be, she's going to always not be comfortable. But at this point, I don't see, foresee this close relationship or a father daughter relationship or anything like that. So that's, sometimes can be a little disappointing or disheartening, I guess, because in my mind, I know I'm a woman, but in my mind, I can't imagine not knowing people who I'm biologically connected Mm. to. So it's hard for me to think of people think, you know, that think to themselves, well, it's just easier not to know them. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. 
Um, and so it, sometimes those things are hard to swallow, but knowing that there's a community listening to people talk about their, you know, all of that, it's just been, it's just been such a healing. This whole thing has been such a healing process for me. It's just, I am just so, and I'm so glad to be at this point where I feel strong. I feel like if he wants a relationship with me, I'm I'm open to it, but I'm not like desperate for it. I felt desperate at one point and that bothered me. It bothered me that something like that could make you feel so desperate. It's really, it's really sad. It's really just feels sad. Like it makes me feel sad because I know with my kids, I always want to give my kids what they need. I know I can't always get my kids what they want, but they need love. They need acceptance. They need, you know, all these things that kids need. And I just can't imagine somebody being like, yeah, that's my kid, but there's nothing I can do for him. You know what I mean? Like I just, right. I can't, yes. I just can't, I don't get it. I can't get it. I can't understand it. And so anyway, I'm just glad to, to have found this community, mm-hmm. found your podcast for sure. Just mm-hmm. because I, uh, feel like, um, listening to other people's stories has been such healing. It's Mm -hmm. been so healing. I I can't even explain how healing all of this has been. So, and you're, you didn't know who your biological father was when you first contacted me. Did you? No, I did. No, I did. But you did. Okay. This is another thing that I did when I first contacted you, I didn't give you any information. Yeah. And then afterwards, yeah. I was like, I gave her zero information. She's nope. probably like, nope, what? don't need it. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't, I don't, the uh, thing, if you're an NPE and you want to, sh- and you're going to be willing to share your story, that's all that matters. I'm, I don't, you don't need to be a writer, a professional speaker. I just want to know your story and whether you've been rejected or accepted or wherever. I'm like, good enough for me. You, right. Everyone gets a chance to. <laughs> Well, well, I'm glad because at that point I was just like, I gave her no information. And then I was afraid if I sent you another email, I would go back to the end of the list. No, I was like, like, I'm just going to leave it like that. And she can ask me questions (laughs) if she has any. (laughs) I, and I, I don't every, the thing is, as long as you, I go in the order of emails received. Right. Literally. And so you're, you were the next one. And I was like, Brandy, <laughs> NPE, good enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, um, oh gosh, I'm sorry about your, your, <laughs> sorry about your biological father, but I, I'm amazed you found all this out because that gets really confusing when you don't have someone show up because it sounds like you didn't do ancestry at first. You did right. my heritage. Yeah. So you have, you know, you only have like second cousins right. showing up or really far removed. That's really difficult to figure out the centimorgans. And especially if there's people have had half siblings. Yes. The centimorgans get off by a few hundred. It gets really confusing. It's so true. It is so true. It was, it, you know, this is the way, what I'm going to say about my biological father. The, the situation is disappointing. He has been awesome in terms of he has answered any kind of questions I've had. And I've asked him personal questions, you know, what kind of music do you like? You know, what, what was one thing you did? I mean, I just, when I first found him, he was, he was very willing to answer any, we did everything through email, which kind of, I feel like took pressure off. 
I was able to say what I needed to say, you know, and so I, I, I can't say that the situation isn't disappointing, but what I will say is he, he gave me a lot of what I needed. And one thing that he did do that I feel like kind of helped is he told me almost immediately the first time I talked to him, he said, I am so sorry. I can't imagine not knowing who my, my father is. I had two good fathers. His father passed away when he was, when he was young. And, and another thing, so, so that alone was just like, okay, he at least has compassion okay. for my situation, you know? And then, like I said, he was willing to ask all those questions. And so another thing I'm going to say is when my siblings were younger, my sister was 16, her mother passed away. So he's not married to their mother. So that's another thing I was going to say. So all of that rift also has, or, 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 or that all I think has caused a rift in their relationship and not because he got remarried, but just he really, I think he took his wife's death very hard. And so they are going, they go through their own, they've gone through their own stuff, you know? And so I think I settle, I've settled for what I could get. I understand that people have had lives before I come along and I can't be mad at somebody for a situation that none of us had control over really. You know, I mean, my mom had no contact information. That's, I understand that that's their fault. And, and at one point I was very I went through a a time in this whole process where I was very angry at both him and my mom. Just, you know, I felt very like I am the only person in this whole, whole um, situation that had zero control over it, you know? And, and I know this sounds like maybe cold because of the way my dad took it. But even my dad had the choice to marry somebody. You know what I mean? Like he had the choice to marry my mom. I understand he didn't realize it wasn't his child, but he still had a choice. He made a choice to marry somebody. My mom made the choice to do what she did. My biological father made the choice to do what he did. And I'm just here. And then you want to, act like you don't know, you know, it's just like all these, all this anger came at, at, at a point in this process. It's not just been this, oh, well, he doesn't want a relationship with me. That'll be, fine. you know, there were things that went that I, there were, there was this process I went through that I had to get through those parts of this story. And I had to come to grips with the fact that I probably won't ever have a normal relationship with any of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a normal father daughter relationship with my dad mm-hmm. because of his drug use. I'm not ever going to have a normal father daughter relationship with my biological father because he's not been my father. You know what I'm saying? Like that you just can't make something. I'm not saying that we won't ever have any kind of relationship. I'm just saying you just have to, it's like all these things that you have to come to grips with. And, and what I was going to tell you is I have this other angle with the birth certificate. So I listened to the 100th episode, right? Mm-hmm. And my angle is this. So I have my dad who is hooked for child support for a child that's not his. Mm, and so yep. for my, my thought behind it is why can't we change child support? I mean, why can't we change birth certificates? 
so that in a hundred years, people know who was supposed to be responsible for me, not some yeah. man that wasn't. And so yeah. that, my, my angle is that, and, and it's not even that I want to change my birth certificate at this point. Honestly, I don't care either way. I'm, I'm not even either one of their names. I'm married, you know, and I took my husband's last name. So that mm-hmm. part, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not that concerned about the birth certificate. It's just what I thought when I heard the whole birth certificate thing, like it is, I don't want in a hundred years, people saying my dad was some de- deadbeat that didn't pay, pay his child support. Because the truth of the matter is he didn't owe child support. It wasn't his child. Yeah. You know, and so those are the things, you know, those are just, those are just processes that I've, that I've had to come to in my own story. It's just such a process. You know, you just, you just go through all these emotions and you just, it's so much. And I'm not done yet. And I know that, but I have come a long way. (laughs) And so I'm glad to be here today. Like, I'm glad to be at this point in my life. Because I do feel like I can, I, I kind of look back at the, at the Brandy who, when she first, when she first found out, um, not even as a kid, I'm saying in January, I look at that person and want a, I'm never going to be the Brandy. I'm never going to be the Brandy from January 25th. Never ever again. Will I be a girl who didn't know who her biological father is? I changed that day. I'm just a different person. And it's made me stronger. All of this has just made me a stronger person. That's the parts that are good. And so I think at the end of it, I have to look at what the, I have to look at the positive more than I look at what negatively it's done. Mm. Brandy, if people want to know more about you, could they get in touch with you? Yes, ma'am. All right. And how could they do that? Um, I, I would say uh, send an email. I mean, uh, yeah, an email to my email address. It's it's Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-Y, F-O-R-D at M-S-N.com. And one last question, just out of curiosity. So did you ever end up staying in any of the Facebook groups or did you deactivate? No, no I deactivated my Facebook account. As soon as mm-hmm. my my sister got a hold of me, I, I deactivated again. Mm-hmm. It, I spend a lot of time on social media. Yeah. So the less yep. social media I have, the better for myself. And okay. I, I've just really learned that that about myself. And so I have Instagram and that's it. Yep, I get it. I get it. Well, I'm glad that I can we can get in touch with you via email, brandyford at msn.com. I'll put that in the show notes. And thank you so much for spending your Sunday evening with me and telling me your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lily. I appreciate it too. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.